0: What's up, everybody? It's Sophia Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, whatever it is that you have done today and that you will do later in your day, I hope it goes amazing. (laughs) Um, Not too much to really talk about here. Uh, I think I'm just going to jump in, but I will mention uh, we're getting really close to the pre-order of our book being available online. Stay tuned for that. If you haven't You can kind of you can join like our mailing list or whatever. We have a form on the website basically that will notify you when it's ready. Uh, But man, uh, it is really exciting times ahead uh, with the book launch and the release and some really cool doors opening up for that as well. So uh, we'll fill you in on that later. But um, but just for now, I haven't mentioned the book in a couple episodes, and I thought I would just at least uh, make a quick mention of it. That if you are uh, looking for some more details, they're coming. Uh, But in the meantime, I would love if you could um, at least go check out the website. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. You can check out the book. You can uh, put your form in in there, uh, your form in there rather, and and we'll let you know when it's ready. And if you do want to help me, you can join my book army. Um, I actually forget if I've talked about this on the podcast, but that's just for people who really want to help me with the launch. Um, It gets you chapter one right away as well, so that's a nice perk, and a teaching series. Uh, but the, uh, the book army really is uh, there for you to, um, or to, to help by pre-ordering the book, leaving a review, and um, just sharing it in your circles when the time comes. Uh, what kind of happens around launch day is uh, like all the algorithms, especially Amazon, they start paying attention to orders, they pay attention to reviews coming in, and if you get a decent volume, then it basically snowballs and people, people will take note of it and start to show up in recommended lists and that kind of thing. So uh, if you want to help me in that regard, you can join my book army. Again, it's all at the same link. Um, and I'll put, that, excuse me, I'll put that in the show notes. And um, that would mean the world to me. But uh, no pressure, the fact that you guys uh, tune in and, and listen to this podcast regularly, that alone means the world to me. And um, that's some of the best support you could offer me. So thank you uh, for listening in. And what I want to talk about today is getting ready for the wedding night. So, uh, yes, this topic is, or this subject is specifically for people who are single, dating, or engaged. If you're engaged, you better listen up. Um, Now, if you're married already and you're like, okay, well, I'm past that, I would really encourage you to listen anyway, because this episode is gonna provide some insights that you might be able to pass down to other people. And some of these things you probably did yourself, and some of these things you might hear about and think, oh, you know, that would actually would have been a good thing for us to do. Um, so this is the this is the, a really important tip. Like if you really want to have a successful, healthy marriage long term, um, you actually want to take all the advice you can get about how to handle dating and engagement. Because number one, it's going to help you reflect and understand maybe some of the areas not just where you came up short. Like we don't want it to become like this remorseful kind of thing. But what it might do is it might help you realize, hey, you know what? We never. It's not just that we didn't have the conversation while we were dating. We've never had that conversation. That might be something we need to address. So it could actually serve your marriage. But secondly, it the the better uh, the better you understand the keys to a healthy marriage, which hopefully your your marriage is, the better you understand those keys the more you're going to be able to impart to the next generation, whether that's your own kids or people that come to you for advice, because they will come to you for advice. That's pretty much a guarantee. And so you understanding dating and engagement dynamics really goes a long way um, for you just being able to impart something to the next generation. And lastly, sorry, I know I'm spending a lot of time on this actually, I'm not apologizing. I won't apologize for that, but I I know I'm spending a lot of time on this, but it's really important because I want the married guys to hear this. But uh, the last thing I'll just say is when you teach, it actually crystallizes things in your own life. So one of the fastest ways to increase your comprehension of a subject is to teach it. And too often we don't teach we don't offer advice we don't impart because we don't feel like we're the qualified expert not knowing that it is actually in the act of sharing that you become qualified so a really important thing um, and I can think of some things that even in my own group where I've shared about and I've talked about you know knowing that like wow I'm like preaching to the choir here choir here yet as I talk about it I'm like oh my gosh this is like I'm, I'm connecting dots that didn't connect before. I'm getting a different perspective. Um, it just goes a long way. So this, is, this episode is for everyone, especially for those of you who are you know, maybe getting ready. Um, and I wanna just, I wanna plant the seed now. If you have friends who are gonna get married soon, guy friends, please send this to them. You will, they will thank you. I, I guarantee you they will thank you profusely for the information that they're about to get. So here's the deal. In, in Christian culture, um, you know, generally speaking, we, we get taught um, you don't have sex until marriage, right? Now, granted, in today's day and age, the, the numbers and the reality is, is very clear that Christians and non-Christians alike are having sex outside of marriage. It, it happens. It's happening at younger and younger ages. Sexual promiscuity is, is pretty high, and even if you're not promiscuous, um, still, people having partners before they get into a long-term committed relationship is, is more or less the norm. It's just, it, it's become a cultural and societal norm. That was not, well, that was my own experience. I, I, was, I was like sexually active with the previous girlfriend, um, not having sex, but kind of doing everything else. And you know, that story is really common. It's really, really common. So that, that's kind of another conversation, but it does play into this because we sort of get taught that like, you know, the wedding day is just amazing. And if you, if you really save yourself, you have the most incredible magical day. I know that's kind of antiquated like teaching now. We don't really hear that too often. But I still think there's undertones of like, yes, you just, you simply like stay sexually pure, make good decisions, discover who you are, have the conversations with your partner and then you get married and then you get to have sex and it's great. So let me just, let me just try to demystify that a little bit. Um think about the first time you rode a bicycle. Were you good at it? Like did you did you is there anybody here who got on a bike and never fell down? Probably not. Now, if you were to get on a bike now and ride, you're probably not going to fall. But the only way you learned was you made a couple mistakes along the way. There were some bumps and some scrapes and some bruises. Because y- you had to keep trying until you could get better at it. So guess what? Sex is no different. <laughs> it's, just, it's just another activity. And if you haven't done a ton of it, then you should understand, or you haven't done it at all. Like for starters, if you haven't done it at all, getting into your wedding night, good for you. Congratulations. Like really proud of you. Um, and I have a couple friends who are in that camp recently that have gotten married that I'm like, wow, very proud of it's important for you to know what makes the wedding night magical is that you get to experience something new. It's not that you get to experience something that you're good at because you're not. (laughs) It's your first time doing it. Or if it's like, you know, like for me, that was, it was really my first time experiencing that. Like I said, I had um, fooled around a bit, but hadn't had that full experience. Um, So you're, it doesn't go like, it's not super smooth and you're not like, this handsome, hunky hero who just like, you know, kind of fulfills all those Disney and Hollywood stereotypes. But what makes it great is it's an experience together. And you now get the rest of your life to refine and improve in that area. So I think that's an important place to start. Um, I think another thing that's important to remember is um, sex with a guy is very different than for the girl. And um, this is where you, having some conversations is important and we're gonna get into that. That's kind of my next point here. But just understand that um, what might be really pleasurable for you could actually be painful for her. And there are certain situations out there. um, There's a condition called vaginismus uh, where the muscles of the woman are actually very tight and constricted and sex is basically painful. And it's kind of better to not have it that way. So those kinds of things are out there um, and and it's not really discussed. So you can just imagine like if you grew up in purity culture, right? Or with even just remnants of purity culture and it's like, don't have sex before marriage, you finally get married, you start having sex and you know, for you it's great-ish, like at least on your end, but then you realize that what you're doing is actually causing your partner tremendous pain, then hey, actually this isn't quite what was promised to you, is it? Um, Now, again, the percentage percentage of people who experience that is low. It's not something to be afraid of, but it's something to think of because the real key to success, like if you want a, a good wedding night and a good sex life, the key is a servant heart. It's a servant heart. The more you make it about you, the less you will enjoy it. And I've heard nightmare stories about guys who really went in selfishly guns ablazing the wedding night, and they caused all kinds of damage, not just that night, but damage that, that lasted months, years sometimes, and took a long time to heal and repair. So uh, this is a big deal. You, you get to set the tone here, and if you come in with a servant heart, it really goes a long way. Now, um, let me just kind of stop at the midpoint here, because I'm sort of talking about everything on the other side of it, but um, but I do want to provide you some like just some things that you can really do leading up to the day or that phase of the relationship. So um, let me just take this midpoint to to mention um, the servant hearted thing is a is a really big deal. Um, make sure that you come in selflessly, and um, and I think it's important that you um, you know you ask the questions that you get the advice that you. it's really important that you set the tone. And what I mean by that is, I was actually just talking to one of my clients about this recently. I said, when you get engaged, engagement is um, a weird place. It's a weird middle ground. It is the the last phase of not being married and it's also the first phase of being married. It's very strange because you're not married and technically when you're engaged, if you break it off, There's nothing legally binding. It's still, you know, obviously complicated and whatever. But we know like being engaged is not the same as being married. Yet at the same time, you want to treat engagement as though you are setting the tone and laying a foundation for marriage. People who go into engagement and think like, oh, this is where I'm going to kind of like, I don't know, do my last couple things here before I'm I'm married. um, Those guys start their marriages on the wrong feet. Like they, they are running backwards, basically. So you wanna, you wanna view engagement as an opportunity for you to lay a framework and a foundation that is going to set your marriage up for success. And this mindset is really important because what it means is that you might have to have some hard conversations. It might mean that you have to make some changes in your life. It might mean that you have to make some sacrifices. This is where the rubber hits the road. And how you handle those things during engagement sets course for how you handle them in marriage. Like the switch doesn't just magically flip. The switch doesn't magically flip? I think that makes sense. Yeah, the switch doesn't magically flip when you get married. It, it It is a continuation of what existed prior. You build on it. So you wanna go into engagement with the mindset of I'm laying a foundation. So this begs the question now of like, okay, what do I do to lay a good foundation to prepare me for marriage? And I'm so glad you asked. So um, for starters, um, you wanna understand that that these conversations, some of them are gonna be difficult, okay? Um, Kind of, I guess, pointing back to what I said earlier, A lot of people, like these days, generally speaking, have some sort of sexual history, whether it's with another person or it's pornography. Um, It's funny because for me, I, I grew up thinking like, I'm going to be the perfect kid. I'm not going to fail in this area. And I didn't for a long time. And I always assumed I would marry somebody of an equal standard, you know, somebody who was able to uphold themselves. That was really important to me. So when I got into that relationship where we were, you know, sexually active and then I found out about some of her history, it really shook me. You know, I felt a lot of jealousy. I felt like can I really be with somebody who has this history even though like you know, as a, as stupid as that sounds, like I didn't realize that I was now somebody with history as well. Like I I had just I had this sort of pompous arrogance about me in this arena and and I think I just had really lofty and maybe unrealistic expectations, and that relationship actually taught me that I need to really um, I need to make a change here because um, I could see that like my struggle with my uh, my girlfriend at the time with her past it actually really put a wedge between us, and it also uh, really ate away at her self esteem. Like she just felt bad because, um, you know, it was causing this kind of thing in me, even though like, you know, it was what it was and I should have just been a, a big man about it. So out of that relationship, I learned, oh, you know what, actually, this is, I have to, it's probably better I go into my next relationship assuming that there's some stuff there and not fearing it. It's better to just assume it's there. If it isn't, it's a bonus. And if it is there, then I, I have the mindset where like I'm, I'm ready to work through it we can figure this out and we can move on like because it's really not the be all end all. It doesn't it doesn't actually change that much. So long as the character is there, there there's no a note of change of change of heart. And you guys are on the same page about how you want to handle dating, engagement and, you know, eventually marriage. So all that is to say is um, you want to have the conversations. But before that, you do want to go in. It's probably better. You just accept that who you're with. Um, there probably is some sexual history there. Now, this is going to really factor in because they, the, your significant other is going to sense how safe it is for them to talk about their past. So here's some of the mistakes that, that I made. Um, like, I asked something to the effect of like, so have you ever actually, you know, had sex before? A very direct question and not a lot of ways out. So it's a little bit unfair. Um, a much better question to ask is something like, can you tell me a little bit about you know, your sexual past or your sexual history? Again, it, it just that that phrasing of the question, number one, it gives them a little bit of agency to frame it and answer it the way they want to, to the degree that they're comfortable. But secondly, it also communicates that, hey, I know there's probably a history there and I'm okay with it. So th- that kind of framing goes a really long way when you're having the conversation. Another thing um, that I did, I would say, really poorly is, um, you know, when um, my ex, when she did actually tell me that she had a sexual past, um, I was like, I started asking a lot of questions, like, okay, well, who, who was it? And what happened? And how old were you? And, you know, I was, I was really diving in. But most of it was out of this place of, like, jealousy and major insecurity. And, um, and when she had kind of explained how it happened the first time, um, my question at the end was oh, okay, but but that was it, right? So again, that line of questioning, like, because again, I, I felt so insecure and so jealous that I I couldn't I couldn't bear the thought of there being more than one ex- experience, even though like I mean, Earth to Cythia, like there's rarely only one. Um, but I just I I didn't know that, and I I I really had I lacked the maturity to have that conversation. Well. And so when you ask a question like, okay, but it was just that one time, right? It, it really makes it difficult if there were other times for them to be honest about it. So uh, again, how you respond matters a lot. And the kinder you are, the more accepting you are, even if it's challenging for you. I'm not saying like you should just be super happy about it. Um, but if, if it's challenging, um, just show that there's an openness, that you're not judging, and that you want to keep having the conversation. Ask open-ended questions, not did you, have you, um, how old or, or how did this, when did it happen? But try to just ask open-ended questions, like can you tell me more about it? Um, what was that experience like for you? What were some of your takeaways? Um, like you don't seem like that, that person that you described in that story. What's changed since then? How did the change come about? Um, those are some really good questions to be asking in those conversations. It should not just be a, yeah, here's what I did, And, um, just wanted to let you know, you know, or like, tell me everything you've done. Um, so that, that's a, that's a really big one. Now, if you run into conflict, okay, so they, you know, you've done something and they're like, I can't believe you've done that. Or maybe you have shared something you've done and, um, or sorry, it's the other way around. They, they've done something and you can't believe they've done it. Um, you have to understand that it is not a, um, the, the point is to not have a single chat about it is to have a conversation, dialogue, ongoing, talking it through, and always always measuring the level of safety in the environment. And when safety is thin, to to back away, to, to pull away a little bit and say, okay, we have to keep talking about this, but maybe we need to just give a bit of space. And when safety is high, really engaging, being present in the conversation, asking questions. Now um, another really important thing to talk about is expectations, okay? This is a big one because as I talked about earlier, we, we all have expectations of what sex is going to be like, what marriage is going to be like, the wedding night, all that kind of stuff. These are all things that we, we think about and rarely, rarely are couples actually on the same page about it. So it's very important to have a conversation, and you know a lot of guys who are engaged and getting ready for their wedding night are super scared because they're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to perform. I don't like I'm scared that that she's going to be disappointed. And you know the things that guys think like girls are super concerned about are like so irrelevant to them. It's almost laughable. But you you just don't know, right? You don't know if you don't know. So like I I heard a story about this. Is actually, one of my uh, one of my former mentors. Um, I mean, we're, we still keep in touch and stuff. He's just not in that kind of relationship anymore. Um, but he uh, he told me about how like he spent the days leading up to his wedding night like grooming, you know, grooming down south because um, he wanted he wanted to just show the level of care and consideration that he had for his wife. And uh, you know, it's such a it's just a, it's hilarious to think about because like you know she obviously she didn't care like those things just don't matter, especially on the first night. Um, because you have to remember like whatever anxieties you have, however scary you think it is f- for you, it's just as scary, if not scarier, for her. because it's so vulnerable for them. They're really putting themselves out there. It's a very intimate experience. Um, men are th- our brains are wired around sex to be um, more like predatorial, not not predators. Um, that word obviously has some bad connotations, but just you know we're, we're meant to be the, the pursuers and and we're, we're, we can quickly go there and be ready to engage. For girls, they, they warm up, they have to feel safe, and it really is, it's a very vulnerable place for them. It doesn't feel as vulnerable for a guy necessarily, um, but for, for women it does. And again, there, there's a vulnerability for the guy part as well, um, for our, our experience of it, but it's it's really not the same. It's not to the same degree that women experience it. Um, so all this to say is, have those conversations. I remember I, I really had some performance anxiety myself. I was. I was just concerned that like I was gonna last like forty five seconds, you know, because I was gonna be so excited and and whatever, and like that that was that was a legitimate thing. So I I just was outright about it, like I just told her, you know, um, I'm really I'm really looking forward to the wedding night. Um, you know, I thought we could have a conversation about it, and I want to I want to just start off by saying that I'm like I'm really scared that like I'm barely gonna last, you know. And uh, and so we, it was vulnerable at the time, but like we did kind of chuckle about it. And she was like, oh, honestly, for me, um, I don't care about that. Here's kind of what I'm really expecting, what I'm looking forward to. And it was mostly just around connecting and finally being with each other and having that experience together. It was much more relational than anything else. There was no, almost nothing physical to it. And that again should tell you a little bit about the fundamental differences between guys and girls, because I think for guys we think about the wedding night and it's a very physical thing in our minds, but for girls it's very emotive, very uh, relational. It's really about connection. Um, So you know, it was really cool because after that conversation, like I used to make these jokes about our wedding night, like I hope you're ready for the best 15 seconds of your life, and um, you know, just that kind of stuff to like just kind of like I don't know, keep it light, you know, and. Um, and it really helped me just to go into the night with a lot of confidence, that like, hey, if this if this is like really short lived, um, it's actually okay. I'm not letting anybody down, and um, and it wasn't short lived. Like we we had a really wonderful night, and um, and I I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, it was it was fantastic. It was really good, and I um, yeah, I really really enjoyed it. And a huge part of it was because of the safety that we had around the subject. Because we were already having the conversations before. Now, because we were having those conversations about sex before, it was much easier to have conversations about sex after. And that was something that my wife and I did pretty early on, having conversations, feedback. Um, and and she's been able to communicate some really useful things like, hey, I, I need you to do this, um, or I don't like it when you do that, or whatever. Um, and because we've we've laid that framework of already having the harder conversations around the subject, um, it was just easy. It was easy for us to, um, to talk about it, and even when it was difficult, we just had a framework there already. And in a couple days, um, I'm releasing an interview with Hayden and Savannah Paul, um, and we talked about this in a little bit more detail as well. It actually got really funny at one point, um, just talking about the differences between guys and girls, but I'll, I'll save that for the episode. Um, but um, anyway, there's some more details there. Now the last thing that I would really encourage you, uh, leading up to you know your wedding night, getting ready. Um, obviously, there's some really practical things, um, you know, like talking about protection. You know what you're going to use, making sure you're on the same page about that, um, and that you come prepared. That's your responsibility as the guy, um, unless she wants to do it, which is fine. Otherwise, you know, um, that's on you because that's that's your stuff, um, if, especially if it's pertaining to your. Uh, your parts, and I guess if it's pertaining to hers, then she should look after it, but you know what I mean. Um, but the last thing I would say is um, is really be patient. Be patient. Your brain is gonna kick into all kinds of like overdrive and like hyperactivity almost. Just you're gonna be like a, a bat out of hell kind of thing, <laughs> like a horse out of the gate. And um, as I mentioned, um, it's gonna take time. It's gonna really take time for the woman to open up to feel safe and feel comfortable. And the that servant heart, that servant heart is gonna go a long way in those moments. So just be patient, to take your time, and to know that there's probably 75 things that you've thought about doing. And you're, you'll be really lucky on your wedding night if you get to do one of them. That's that's the mentality you wanna have. You have the rest of your life, like just relax, ease into it, and, um, and you're gonna be just... Now bonus points, bonus points if you pray about it together. Um, that goes a really long way as well inviting God into, into that part of your life and when you have the conversations, pray about it, pray about it. Um, you know just asking God to be part of that um, part of that night, um, asking him to really um, be part of that area of your life and asking him to continue to shape you into the man you need to be for your wife, so that you guys can have a healthy marriage and a healthy sex life. Um, Those kinds of prayers go a really, really long way. Um, Anyways, I took my time with this one uh, a little bit longer today, guys, hope you don't mind. Uh, But I really do hope that it helps you uh, just process through this a little bit. Think about what the wedding night might look like and how you can prepare for it um, because preparation goes a long way and as it was famously said, Failing to plan is planning to fail. So um, be as proactive as you can about this. And remember, this dictates not just the success of a night, but the success of your lifetime together. And, um, and that is worth, it's worth the effort, it's worth the hard conversations, and it's worth some of the sacrifices you make uh, when you live with a servant heart. So thank you so much for listening. And I do, again, remind you, if you know somebody else who might benefit from this, please share it with them. That really would mean the world to me. Have an amazing day, guys. We'll talk soon. bye Hey everybody, it's Sophia again. Thanks for listening to Unleash The Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I wanna take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about, our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality, and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships to sex to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a deep clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests, where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP at www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon.